0: Enjoy your trip to the miniature museum, Hank. Hope you can fit inside.
1: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day.
0: What a day! What a fabulous day!
1: It is, in fact, a red-letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage by opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at
2: first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do
1: succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way
0: I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Got my mojo working. Got
1: my mojo winged. Got my mojo Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal and No Sex Spiel. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker. We decided to take a break from horror movies and instead watch a psychological thriller. Now, part of John. the fun of H1... <laughs> 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 <Fucking hate> you. <laughs> you know, you're one of the very few people I know who gets worked up over the differentiation here, but I will say this... I'm not mad at all, that's yeah. <laughs> what's funny. You he can hear how hard I'm laughing. Yeah. See... I, I will admit this. Hereditary is most definitely a horror movie. I uh, I can see why some people f- might call it. <laughs> I think the headless scene covered in flies. Maybe. Um, I, I can see why people would call it a thriller, but I think it's definitely more of a, a horror movie. It's just like the sense of foreboding and everything that gets along there. You know, it's it's all about the atmosphere. We will get into it in a bit, but overall, before we get into it, uh, Parker, are we going to have spoilers for this?
2: Can we talk about it without spoilers?
1: I, you know, that, you're right. You're right. We can't uh, do that. It's pretty
2: good, but you might have a real bad time watching it, but it's good.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. You know what? You make a good point. Um, all right. Uh, first, do you have any news?
2: Mercifully, no. Okay. I spared you yet again.
1: Okay. Uh, in that case, I want to talk about what we've watched recently? Uh, Parker, I can let you go first.
2: Oh, buddy. So... The take you behind the curtain, last week was a work six days out of seven kind of week. And on the seventh day, I watched Van Helsing. So it was just a banner week for this guy. I'm so sorry. So finally got to the point near the end of the week, I started watching some movies. I started going about five days without watching anything new. Went to the old red box, found a movie staring at me called Hurricane Heist. Buddy, <laughs> let me tell you. Rob Cohen, who you may know, not like, you know, the good Cohen brother who did the Fast and the Furious and Triple X and Stealth, you know. Yeah. The good Cohen. Uh Uh-huh. Now, this is a movie about a massive heist that takes place during a Category 5 hurricane. It also, it has four credited writers. So, it's pretty good. Yeah. I will tell you two things about it. First of all, the bad guy who's robbing the American trust, whatever, is the dad from The Witch, yet again. So that gave me an additional 45 minutes of enjoyment out of this movie. He's adjusting everything old. these days, isn't he? Correct. You gotta cash in. Yeah. So there's that. And there's a scene where our main character just... By the way, everyone has a comically awful southern accent. Worse than mine. It's unbearable. Our main character, they're getting chased. And there's a big old hurricane coming. So he grabs all these hubcaps and throws them into the wind and it shoots them like discs at the bad guys. So that's a real movie that I saw this week. (laughs) What a good movie that was in theaters. Yeah. Oh, it was in theaters? theaters. Oh, we missed that on the big (laughs) screen. Yeah, I missed it. That's the word. Yeah. So after that, I went to see Hereditary. We got home. I was like, you know what? Let's keep up the spookiness. I like the first two Insidious movies. The 4th one is out, but I have not seen the 3rd one, so let's go ahead and change that. Boy. I've never had to ride the volume more on a fucking jump scare film movie than this. It is so aggressively loud and unrelenting, I was so angry by about the 20 minute mark. It's just quiet, 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 ear piercing like it's 2am, I have to turn it almost all the way down. And when I turn it down towards a bearable volume, you literally cannot hear the dialogue. I was so mad <laughs> The only nice thing I'll say Is that it's cool that there's like a horror franchise That makes a decent amount of money That's essentially being headlined by an 80 year old woman I'm kind of into that That's a
1: weird thing that exists But that movie is not good
2: Well see that's there's why no we don't need, need Medicare
1: fun. anymore You know Medicare is running out of money Women can just if once they get old They can just start starring in insidious movies
2: She went into the further And fought ghosts like hand to hand it's it's a movie Hell yeah Can't wait to see part 4 this week and give you another update Oh boy friend. Uh, well, So I was, I was scrolling through Shudder, as I do mm-hmm. And noticed House of a Thousand Corpses is on there Ooh, I enjoy this movie And I tie Rob Zombie, Eli Roth, and Kevin Smith into the same little bubble a lot Because I hate everything they've put out in the last 5 years but all three of their first movies have the same charm to them, where it's three guys who spent their entire life watching movies, and they got the opportunity to make one, and they went, you know what? This is probably the only chance I'll ever get. So I'm just going to put every single idea I've ever had into this movie. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I think it's charming. Like, have you seen Cabin Fever?
1: No, and I have no real... Di- wait my wait a second, I watched a little bit of it with my dad. There's like
2: five different scenes at minimum that could be completely cut out and it would change nothing of the narrative or anything about the movie Mm -hmm. but it's clear like he thought this would be cool and he didn't think he'd ever get to make another movie so he just threw it in there anyways and it's you know it gives it a little charm not so much when it's 20 years later and they're still making movies and they're still sloppy and shitty but that's besides the point Mm -hmm. what i'm trying to say is house of a thousand corpses is real good but every time i forget how fucking mean-spirited it is it is such a downer mean movie
1: I don't know if I can also, get into movies
2: like that. But also, Dwight from The Office is in it, and I forget every time until he <laughs> appears on camera. I forget every single time. Oh, I
1: didn't know he was in it.
2: He he made some very unfortunate demise. Oh. See, after that, we had a, a movie I have not thought of in a long time, The Woman in Black. Have you ever seen this movie? Yes,
1: I have. Oh, boy. I, that's it the is. one with Daniel Radcliffe, right?
2: Yes, now, will you agree with me that it is a very good movie, but would it be better if it ended, like, a minute sooner?
1: Uh, yes, I, I would agree on both counts. Uh, the other thing I have to say about it is, can I just tell my brief little story about how I came across this? My Abs- sister... Absolutely. My, my sister was a big fan of Harry Potter, specifically she really liked Daniel Radcliffe. She was like, oh, he's really cute, you know? And so she was like, hey, let's, uh, let's get the DVD of this. And I was like, okay, you know? We bought the used DVD copy, not bootleg, sorry and we put it in there. She forced us to watch, I was like, I don't wanna watch this, it's like generic horror movie with Daniel Radcliffe. This guy is no chops, he can act. Uh, the one thing I'll say about this movie, this movie has, I think this movie uses jump scares more effectively than any other movie I've ever seen. Every time that face appeared in the window, my soul left me. That's my favorite thing, where he just puts his hand on the window. You're not expecting oh it at all. It's just, bam, It it's right there. You know, you can use jump scares effectively. People say, oh, I don't like jump scares. If you use them right, then it's totally fine. You know? <laughs>
2: She'll never hear this. But During that one, she yelled so loud and, like, lurched forward that it woke the dog up. And the dog was like, fucking what? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, that movie is real good. Real bummer about this. Really shitty ending. Oh well. Like everything was fine. Like there's the perfect shot like of her screaming, like, Alright, now go to credits here. But then it keeps going. Oops. Now, can we just say that when it comes to like spooky old timey haunted houses, that period piece horror is always better for that?
1: Because if you have a haunted house
2: movie now, it's like, Alright. Oh no, you have to explain. The cell phone's not working here. The power went out, all that. There you just have a guy sitting there and then a candle just blows out and you're like, Oh fuck. Here we go. That's all it takes.
1: Yeah, pretty much, I think.
2: I love love the way the tide just washes away the only path to or from the house. It's a really good movie. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. The scene with the little room that's nothing but these old haunted wind-up toys. Fucking kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the most terrifying things (laughs) I've ever seen.
1: Oh, boy. You did watch a lot of movies this week, didn't you? I did.
2: I do love that Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood are both at that point where they made a grillion dollars off their respective franchises, and now they just do weird little indie horror movies. Yeah, they, they can just can. do
1: whatever they feel, you know, is interesting.
2: And I like that. One, at one point, I will make you watch Elijah Wood's remake of Maniac, because it is very, very good, and also upsetting. Whoa. Oh. He's quite good in it, too. Let's see. Oh, I only have one other thing after that. Stop to Hereditary. I saw a lot of articles leaking into a certain movie that I've never seen before, so I was like, you know what? It's time to sit down and watch Roseberry's Baby. Oh, and you know haven't what?
1: seen this one before. Oh. I'm this a bit might shocked.
2: surprise you. Yes. But this movie that's been on the top ten list for fifty straight years, it's pretty good.
1: Oh, disagree. That might surprise you. Uh, it I'm sorry, I actually uh, I I've said this a while back. Actually I think it was almost ten years ago. Jeez, I'm old. Uh I actually don't really like Rosemary's Baby. Oh. Now this is a weird one. I I think I don't want to speak for her, but I think uh the other Alex, uh she really liked Rosemary's Baby. I'm not entirely sure. Uh but I'm pretty sure she did. Uh anyway I, I don't know, there, there are bits and pieces that I like about it. There. there are things that it does very well, but I think where, where it really loses me is it's the ending. I just, I don't know, I couldn't get into it. Then again, the ending of Hereditary is a lot like the ending of Rosemary's Baby. Like, as soon as I saw the ending of this, I was like, oh, that is a Rosemary's Baby ending. But, yeah, that's I, I don't know... essentially what made me watch it. Yeah, okay, that, that was, it is one of the things where you can tell there's a lot of similarities going on here. And there are things like I said, it does well. I think the dream sequences were some of the best parts of it. But overall, I don't know if I could get into it as much as I could get into other things. I don't know. I don't think I'm a really big fan of Roman Polanski's work. I still need to see Repulsion.
2: I really enjoyed like the entire middle act of this movie. It's just different people walking in, seeing your haircut, and going, "What the fuck is this? This <laughs> is just absolute dog shit. Uh, what did you do? Are you dying?" Anyways, <laughs> and they just leave. It <laughs> happens like four times.
1: It's, it's cool how R.L. Stein remade this movie as Welcome to Dead House.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus. <what laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so, uh, my turn, I guess? Absolutely. I can't okay. you didn't like it. I don't know. I, I, it just wasn't for me. I can see why people like it. I don't think it's a bad movie or anything. It's just, it's not for me. Uh, anyway, I watched uh, two 1950s black and white movies. Uh, the first one is in a lonely place directed by Nicholas Ray it stars Humphrey Bogart and uh, this will not surprise you this is a pretty damn good movie it's a film noir but it is shockingly mean-spirited it's like it's the ending you would never expect the ending was that guy who you thought was an asshole turns out the entire time he was an asshole Uh, but it's it's kind of clear it's like it kind of makes it out like a lot of people suspect that Humphrey Bogart is a murderer no he's not we can tell he's not a murderer so the revelation at the end that he is not a murderer is like yeah we already knew that but everything else in the movie is pretty it's really well written um i uh i think it's i think it's good i think you would enjoy yeah it's black man movie. you have to watch it the other one i watched is called gun crazy all right oh boy, oh boy. this all this right. movie uh <laughs> i don't even know where to start uh this was actually ghost written by dalton trumbo uh, Dalton Trumbo, if you're listening and you're not, because you're probably dead, uh, he is, he's actually a present. show some respect, he has, look, Dalton, if you want to talk about something, I am right here, I will listen, I can tell you have some troubles if you're taking it out on us as the audience. So, the first act's real good, uh, there's this little kid, you know, he he's obsessed with guns, and not just like oh you know he wants to kill people you know sort of thing it's like no no he is obsessed with guns themselves he can shoot almost anything but he doesn't want to kill a living thing in fact there's a scene early on where he kills a baby chick as like a little kid and he feels terrible it breaks his kid's soul and he's like he can't even kill like a, a puma you know he, he he won't do anything you know with uh with violence but he just wants to shoot them he's a really really good shot that part i really like it's kind of interesting it shows obsession It kind of reminds me of requiem for a dream and then he meets a woman Parker, we've agreed that one of the uh, bylaws of Real Deal No Sex Appeal slash Terrible Blog.net is that Dames is Trouble. And, uh. Oh, correct. <laughs> the original title of this movie is Deadly is the Female. <laughs> oh, shit. And the, by, going by the second and third acts, this movie should have been called Deadly is the Female because the entire thesis of the movie is that. This young man was all nice and good and Christian, even though he was obsessed with guns. And then he met a woman, and she led him astray, as they do. <laughs> That's oh. this is what women do. <laughs> That's why Alex is isn't on the podcast this episode because <laughs> she, she will lead us down a murderous rampage somehow. Around <laughs> uh, dames, never relax. <laughs> oh boy yeah this, this movie's kind of fucked up <laughs> I don't know what, what Dalton Trumbo was going on or whatever but like whew, he's having some problems and then I rewatched uh, Jesus Christ Superstar and uh, let me tell you I still like it Again? So yeah, well, because I wrote a I wrote a blog post about it on TurboBlog.net and it's up there. So if you guys want to read it, go ahead www.turboblog.net. Please read my content. I have a family to feed, and uh, I look. I still love this movie. I love it to death. I think the music is better than ever. Sure, it's better than that hip hop crap. Your new kids are sorry. That's my dad. Oh out. dear. <laughs> special guest <laughs> he's gonna be on one of these episodes I, I
2: can't wait we watch Tomb Raider 2 or <laughs> Underworld cradle
1: of filth
2: <laughs> one of these days I'm just gonna put on a list of like every action movie from 2002 to 2007 <laughs> you're gonna just hand it to him he's gonna go yep uh-huh. oh ballistic
1: X vs Sever I love <laughs> it <laughs> son do you remember that
2: time we watched Blade 2 together oh fuck yeah dad His
1: Speed 2 was a good one <laughs> he actually really <laughs> likes John Wick
2: oh fuck yeah he does
1: Parker I went to the Alamo Draft House, and sometimes they have this thing oh, called Jim. Video Vortex I don't know what Video Vortex means but I do know that I watched a movie called Ninja Terminator in theaters this Yo, is the most batshit ridiculous kung fu movie I've ever seen in my life it is so goddamn silly you gotta watch this it's really funny
2: I mean, with a name like that, that sounds in my wheelhouse, I'll be honest with you.
1: I, I was actually next to two people who broke the rule and were talking throughout the movie, but they were so funny that I let them get away with it. <laughs> Some guy picks up If you uh, break the rules, I will report you to Alamo staff. Actually, we ended up doing that uh, at Hereditary. There was a couple in front of us who were uh, talking the entire time, and we had to raise an order card telling them, hey, you gotta <laughs> tell those guys to fuck off. They started making out during the decapitation scene. And then they realized That's oh, what I'm talking about. Yeah, and then they decided, uh, okay, let's leave, go, you know, finish this up in the bathroom or whatever. But, uh, all right, let's, you know, let's talk about Hereditary. So, Parker. Wait, are we just not going to talk about Tales from the Crypt for 45 minutes? Do you want me to talk about Tales from the Crypt? you want to talk about, uh, Twin Peaks?
2: I couldn't tell you a thing I watched. No,
1: I'm <laughs> so sorry. Fucking show you sucks. are going to finish that. I've got to finish every bean on your plate, young man. Man, It's
2: so bad. I think I kind of hate Twin Peaks. Oh,
1: but the final... Oh boy.
2: Yeah, well, I'm not at the final episode. You are, you are definitely in a episode, right now. Every episode, Nadine just shows up like, hey, I'm fucking this high schooler right now. Great.
1: I'm so... Hey, his name is Mike Nelson in the show. Uh, I don't give a shit. Okay, I will talk about uh, Tales from the Crypt. I'm going to try to make this as quick as possible, because uh, whenever I what? do this, I put music underneath it, and at some point I run out of music to put over so let's Look, see. if we go
2: this whole episode without at least talking about the Ventroquist episode what was the point of this whole experiment okay good
1: point um there's an episode with uh michael ironside uh the sacrifice i do not remember that episode i was playing a lot of street Fighter 2. uh i will talk about the one with katie seagal iggy pop and sam kinnison this is like probably my number two favorite episode so far uh, what are I the love things that every
2: episode's cast is just a mad lib
1: oh yeah very definitely See, one of the things I realized about this show that I like so much about it is that you say it's a horror show, and yeah, it is, but this show has a lot of comedic value. Like, I laugh a lot when I watch this show, and not the like, oh, it's so cheesy sort of thing. No, 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 no. This show knows what it's doing. This is one of the very rare like horror things that does comedy well in the sense that they're trying to be cheesy and definitely achieving it. Like, Evil Dead 2 is one of the shows that does that as well, or movies that does that as well. Uh, Army of Darkness does it as well, too. It's like Evil Dead 1 was not doing it. It was cheesy without trying to be, and Evil Dead 2, they realized what was going on. But for this, it's like they know exactly what they're doing. They're they're going over the top for these performances, and they're having a good time, and it adds to the atmosphere. Sam Kinison, on this episode, is hysterical. He's one of the... This is seriously... you got to watch the episode just for him uh then is a four-sided triangle um this has oh this is the one with Patricia Arquette she uh she has a head injury when she's in the in the farm or whatever and she she's looking for her man and it's a clown on like a on a scarecrow thing it was directed by Tom Holland also the ventriloquist dummy Yes Parker let me tell you about Bobcat goldthwaite <laughs> so good Bobcat Goldthwaite is in this episode more importantly let me tell you about Don Rickles don rickles is in this episode oh my goodness so i'm going along and already i'm enjoying it and not just because you know don rickles he's a really good comedian and he's genuinely funny too but uh it's a ventriloquist uh ventriloquist dummy episode i've seen about a million of these things this this trope is like oh that dummy is really alive i was like i've seen this a million times okay like let me let me know when it gets interesting when they have a real incredible twist or something parker Parker, I was not ready for this. I was playing Street Fighter Two. I was minding my own business. Turns out, I'm not very good with Dalsium. And then this happens. I had to pause. I had to press the options button to suspend my gameplay to look at this human being grafted to his hand. It's so cool. And you think, oh, that's a really good twist. The episode's going to end here. Oh my god, it just keeps going. (laughs)
2: It gets so much This episode better. is
1: so fucking wild.
2: It's like, it's an all-timer, because outside of that incredible ending, the entire lead-up, is just Don Rickles being Don Rickles through a puppet. Like, it's incredible already.
1: And then he takes the picture request off his hand. Oh, man. I, what a fucking great show The the show is watching just for that I have to admit, I was kind of stuck I was like, I'm not really feeling it I got other stuff I want to watch I don't know if I'm going to do it No, because of that episode, I've been marathoning it I've been watching nice. episodes back to back to back to back to back
2: It just goes down so easy It really does it It's so great I'm, It's truly an all time I'm
1: going to try to finish it within the week Like the entire, oh se- uh, the entire series well,
2: Seven, season seven might uh might wear you down a bit. I will you have th- it on You those think those you're sick words. of uh, my cheating bitch slut wife episodes now, buddy? Also, they moved all
1: the shooting to like, Canada because it was cheaper. No, I thought it was. I thought they moved it to uh, Europe because uh, that's why they have a bunch of European actors. I read it somewhere. I don't know. Uh, next one, Judy. You're not yourself today. That's a pretty decent one. It's like there's a whole lot of you know body swapping going around over there. Uh, fitting punishment. Finally, black people. <laughs> one You're of the not wrong. one of the fun games to play while watching Twin Peaks is spot the black person. Uh, you want to stay? No, s- he's working behind the desk. Cool. Oh, There's you, the one. Yeah, one of my favorite things about Twin Peaks is the the black girl who works at the the Great Northern. That really bizarre girl with a with a curly hair. I
2: remember. I'm her? sure I've seen her twice.
1: She's weird. <laughs> yeah, you know, else is weird. Everyone in the show—the <laughs> the woman with an eye patch wrestling high schoolers—that's uh, not weird. That's just dumb. Anyway, uh, fitting punishment is nice. It's—I I, okay, look, I'm being serious. It's nice to see black people in the show, okay? Because it's like—it's it's like, come on, give equal representation. Everything is here. Yeah, white people. I, mean, I don't know. It's nice to see something else. I don't think they're gonna have an episode with anyone who's Asian, but you know. Next up, Corman's Calamity. Uh, which one is this one, an employee? Oh, this is the one that actually features Tales from the Crypt. Uh, it's, uh, I have to admit, it's kind of nice. It's, uh, he, whatever he draws comes to life, and so uh, that's kind of neat. Uh, lower birth. I did not pay attention to this episode. It has a two-faced circus really sideshow crazy. freak, falls in love with a 4,000-year-old mummy, who, which is said to be cursed. I was looking at my phone.
2: Oh, is that the one where at the end like
1: the baby they have is the crib keeper? Oh well he says that's what it is. I don't know. Mute witness Is that canon? canonical I, I don't know it's a uh, mute, wi- mute witness to murder this one is a woman goes mute after she sees something uh, terrifying this is like that episode of King of the Hill where Hank sees his, his uh, mom and his stepfather fucking on the table he goes blind <laughs> <laughs> or like Tommy anyway <laughs> then uh, then they figure that something else out And there was a doctor or whatever I, I I don't know uh, I, I wasn't really a huge fan of this one television terror now this one I liked a little bit more this is where that tabloid news show host goes into the haunted house and they get haunted. This is actually Ooh, a really good episode. That one
2: got me as a kid. That one got me as a kid. Yeah, Ooh, buddy. that is
1: well shot. That's well filmed. I I like that episode. You take get,
2: take this fat little treat boy and put me in a haunted house episode. Ooh, I'm yeah. spooked already. Then that's all it takes. Then we
1: got my brother's keeper. Uh, Parker. It. Okay, I know that they're supposed to be horror stories. Just because you kill someone doesn't make it really a horror story. This is where it's almost like, a, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. This defies a genre. These two weird ass guys are stuck together at the ass, and, uh, they're. It's so over the top of the performances of the bad twin versus the good twin, and, uh, <laughs> they, you know, they have to be separated, but it's like they're joined at the ass, and I don't know. I, I, get, I have a hard time taking it seriously. I had a good time watching it. Then, The Secret. This has a 12-year-old young orphan adopted by a rich, childless couple who harbor a dark secret. The dark secret is that one of the, the woman's a vampire. Turns out uh, the kid is a werewolf. Now, I'm pretty That's sure... That's what I'm about. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, this one was pretty good. Uh, this feels like one of those old EC Comics sort of things. This feels very 1950s. In a good way. Next up is Love to Death totally unrealistic Uh, a young man he's a writer and he has this neighbor that he really wants to fuck and uh, he gets (laughs) his wish and she wants to fuck the hell out of him and the man has apparently never heard of a refractory period so uh, (laughs) now here you you talk about mean endings right this is the meanest ending of all time because so this guy finally gets what he wants and this woman will fuck him completely non-stop and it's actually kind of informative because it's like it actually totally sucks she's not following her dreams anymore you start to feel bad for her anyway the guy ends up uh, dying I don't know if he actually gets fucked to death maybe he kills himself or no he, he accidentally poisons himself he was trying to kill her uh, anyway so he ends up and he's dead you're like oh no the, the this is justice done this is what you get for whatever and uh, no the man goes to heaven he's just wandering around in his white robe and wings and halo and whatever and the Woman kills herself so she could be with him still, and now <laughs> she's gonna fuck him in the afterlife forever. And she has a fucked up face. This ending is so mean. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, Carrie and Death. This has Kyle McLaughlin, who was in some other show I've heard of. Uh, this one was all right. Uh, I, I, it's I've heard Kyle McLaughlin play a bad guy before, so it didn't really like throw me for a lip or thing. Next up, we have The Trap, directed by Michael J. Fox, aka uh, Mikey Ticklefingers. So this has a scheming oh, jerk who. Cannot hold down a job and is verbally and physically abusive to his wife and he ah, Terry Carr hey and uh now let me tell you something about accents Parker we all know that you have a noticeable accent of some sort but this guy Bruce McGill hey hey I'm trying to kill myself over here what's a guy to do I'm trying to make a little money off the life insurance policy uh the, entire, the, the You think that's bad enough, but he calls like some guy who's trying to collect payments from the attack. I was like, What was I born yesterday? And they have like a 30 minute New York City Guido voiceover. This <laughs> <laughs> everyone just talks like Don Vito. In this everyone episode. does. I love it's so it. Good. Uh, next one is Abracadaver, my favorite Pokemon, and it has bow bridges in it. And uh, I we talked off mic about this one. Uh, it was actually the story was originally named Dead Right, and I have to admit this episode is kind of weird. Uh, Tony Goldwyn plays a prank on Bo Bridges, I think sixteen years pass or something, and then Bo Bridges plays the longest con possible, plays a similar prank on Tony Goldwyn, and then Tony Goldwyn dies, and it's like it's so mean. There's no reason for something like this to happen. Next up, Top uh, Billing, directed by Todd Holland. Goodness. yeah well this is the one with John Lovitz and John Aston. that's a good episode yeah that's a good episode yeah right th- this this was really something so are, are you familiar with Shakespeare you know Hamlet
2: um I mean as well as you would expect from knowing me oh
1: sorry well anyway I <laughs> knew I, I knew as soon as they said oh you're gonna play York," I was just like oh my god are they gonna do this and he says york has been dead 23 years before the play started I, I you know, it's kinda nice to see John Lovitz in something where he's not funny. Cause he's a really, really funny guy. I, I love his voice and everything, but it's nice to just see him as like I'm playing it, you know, completely straight. Next up, Dead Weight. We got James Remar, who we found out off mic, has been in other things. I'm a little shocked about this. A million other things. Uh, who's working Mostly for a, bad. who's working for a plantation owner played by Gimli son of Gloin. And uh, oh, Vanity is in this. Vanity a singer from so I, I don't, is that a porn name or something I don't know uh, I don't also know. Whoopi Goldberg is in this now you think oh yeah you know Whoopi Goldberg fine whatever she's not really a very good actress even though she won a Oscar for no reason guess what she gets to meet the Crypt Keeper at the end what the fuck I know that's so unfair he, he, he pals around with Arnold Schwarzenegger now he has to put up with Whoopi Goldberg
2: the fact that Toby Hooper directed this episode always always makes me oh I keep calling him
1: Toby. Hooper Next up, The Reluctant Vampire, named after a Scooby Doo spin off movie, stars Malcolm McDowell as a reluctant vampire. Uh, this is alright. Next episode, Easel that's Killia has, yeah, that's a uh,. a name right there. Has, good yeah, stuff. it's got Tim Roth in it, who looks 15 years old. Turns out he was twice that when he made it. And, uh, he's a killer artist. Oh.
2: Huh. <laughs> Has to be a recurring thing. yeah here.
1: next up we have Undertaking Power. this one's actually pretty nice because it's got like it's got a bunch of kids in it it kind of reminds me of an of that episode of Batman T.A.S. Batman's in my basement which is a really good episode oh. so it's I don't know It's oh you haven't seen that you're not a real Batman fan. next up is okay. Morning Mess it has Steven Weber you know that shit ass guy from the TV version of The Shining Uh, he's a down on his kiss and kiss
2: and that's what I've been missing Chris Sorry, don't second. worry about it oh
1: okay uh, it's it's okay, uh, I have to admit, uh, that calling your organization the Grateful Homeless Outcast and Unwanted Layaway Society, which stands for <laughs> ghouls
2: That's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's that one goes. Awesome.
1: Next up was Split Second. This is the last one I watched. I'm on deadline right now, directed by Walter Hill. You see everything. A beautiful but loose barmaid, Michelle Johnson, which is basically uh, uh, Winona writer but more well endowed, marries a rich lumber jerk got him yeah brian james still body oh? okay. who offers her a comfortable lifestyle then she marries billy worth less i should be the Man, and you uh, really good at this <laughs> and she seduces him and this is yet another my cheating poor bitch slut cunt wife episode i hate these episodes. everything everything would be fine if it was my
2: fucking cheating wife
1: i i cannot stand these episodes i really can't
2: chris this might surprise you but uh, white men in the 60s were scared of a lot of things.
1: I would agree Also with now. That, ex- yeah, I was going to say, except for in the 60s. We can just, you know, leave it the way that it is. I'm in
2: it. Well, in the 60s, they got to write and produce literally everything oh. instead of most of
1: everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, boy, they were... Oh, I'm going to draw this spooky
2: comic about my fucking wife fucking a black
1: vampire. Like, all right, Steve, we cool? Is everything all right? Oh, boy. But I
2: told you, Dalton Trump but one of them. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> having a normal one. I just, just want to stay home and fuck my guns this <laughs> cheating bitch dame with a gamut from here to Montana comes and ruins my whole goddamn fucking life.
1: Oh, shit. Okay, let's talk about Hereditary.
2: Speaking of having a normal one.
1: Oh boy, this family has some troubles. So uh,
2: Very regular movie for cool, normal people.
1: So the movie starts and apparently the framing device here, this is a little, kind of like the framing device of Jesus Christ Superstars. it's all a performance. It's a bunch of hippies who came in on a bus, a groove bus into the Holy Land. Uh, this story apparently all takes place in a dollhouse.
2: Now, I will be honest, I did not once think of Jesus Christ Superstar while watching Hereditary. Oh, I thought about it I did it twice. not think mm-hmm. of a bunch of smelly hippies getting off of a bus well, at any point in this movie. Did
1: you ever think to yourself in like the second act, it's like, oh, so this is all a dollhouse still, right?
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> very much.
1: Now, for the first, I took a lot of notes here. The first act, I do not have a tremendous, a tremendous amount of stuff to say here because uh, I I didn't take any notes. I went 50 minutes. I was like, am I going to take any notes on this? Besides, oh, that's pretty good. I, I, I was a little bit scared. I guess we can uh, tell the setup here. You want to you get this set up or you want me to do it? Oh, I did not prepare,
2: so if you could do it. All do right, I,
1: I'll do the best I can. Uh, so there's this family living in, I don't know, and uh, they live in a house, and uh, they're having a little bit of trouble because their grandmother died. Turns out the grandmother, I don't know, was haunted or something? Who cares? And uh, they got this weird-ass <laughs> 13-year-old daughter, and they named her Charlie just because she's so weird. And she likes to go, and... Uh, if that noise doesn't annoy you yet, uh, don't worry. It'll be annoying midway through the movie. But by the end of it, it won't be annoying. Anyway, uh, so she goes with her shit-ass brother Peter to some sort of high school party where she accidentally overdoses on peanuts. And uh, they have to <laughs> drive away from there. And then she gets decapitated. And then the house is haunted by her spirit. Shenanigans ensue. Parker, uh, uh, should we go character by character? Let's start with Tony Collette. She's great Absolutely. on this, right?
2: Yes, but I'm still stuck on overdosing on peanuts. <laughs> it's just <so> fucking me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Poor child, like, choking to death and gets her head knocked off by a street post. Oh, she was really weird, though. <laughs> uh, oh, that kid is... I kept wondering, like, I'd see, like, little Snip. It's like, everyone's saying Tony Collette's so great and the sun is so great. Why is no one saying anything about the dog? Oh, because she died already. Oh, Yeah, fuck. I,
1: I know. So here's the thing. <laughs> uh... I will admit this at the at the very onset of the movie. I walk in there, I see the poster right beforehand. I'm like, "Oh, the daughter's going to play like a big role in this movie." Uh, the idea of the daughter will, but the actress not so yeah. much.
2: You see that face in a horror trailer because in that trailer you see her pick up that pigeon and a pair of scissors. You're like, "Oh, we're gonna get this creepy haunted ass kid the whole movie." Oh no. <laughs> no,
1: we barely get out of the first act with her. Oh my god. Okay, sorry.
2: So Tony Collette. Tony Collette is (laughs) real good
1: in this, right? She is
2: incredible and should be up for every award, but she won't be because, unlike some people like to say, this is not a thriller (laughs) or a post horror or a social thriller. This is a horror movie, and those don't win awards anymore or ever.
1: I I think it's a very unique performance, right? Because even though she's she's a mother and she's very nurturing, you know, she's got that demeanor and everything like that, she is a fucking teenager. She has the (laughs) most teenager fucking attitude I've ever heard in my life. This isn't a criticism. It's just that the character kind of gets on my nerves. I think that is intentional. And there's nothing wrong with that. All right, it's it's just a way of saying like, hey, this person is not a perfect soul over here. Think about a, another movie that we watched this year that was real fucking good. Was a Quiet Place. Did those characters really have flaws? Not enough of them. They they were they seemed kind of a little too perfect for me to really buy into it. Like I will admit this, I think that the lead actress in a Quiet Place I liked her a little bit more than Toni Collette in here, but. They're very different performances. And this one, the fact that she is flawed and the fact that she has the most teenager fucking attitude I've ever heard in my life, I'm fine with it. It just, it's another color of the character. It's a very human character. And that what makes what happens to her all the more scary, right?
2: I will say Toni Collette's my favorite actress performance this year because the range of stuff from just the horrifying grief, like almost vomiting because you're crying so hard on the floor to, like, the look of pure insanity on her face at the end as she's trying to explain everything to her husband, to just being a terrifying force of nature in the last 20 minutes. It's, like, all across the spectrum, and she's incredible at it.
1: That in the sense of loathing for her son, Peter. Let's talk about oh Peter. God. She hates Peter so fucking much. Peter plays the world's biggest crybaby. I mean, the son of the family. And uh, he does a lot of this stuff in the movie, like cry and bitch and moan and sob. My crying bitch cheating wife. (laughs) No, come on. This guy, uh, this guy, look, I understand that the the movie does something that uh, I'll I'll, I'll give him a little bit of credit for. The movie calls attention to the fact that the son is a big crybaby. It it actually, you know, the drawings of him crying like that, making the most weepy face in the world. (laughs) This guy cries so much. It is astounding to me. But uh, I, I don't know. I guess that was intentional. But the entire time I was like, I'm sitting there in the theater like, oh, you fucking baby. I don't know if that was intentional. I, I Look, do not know. He's living with
2: the knowledge that at one point he woke up and his mom almost lit him on fire and also he just killed his sister.
1: I would be crying a lot. I You know what? There's a I cry a lot now and I haven't <laughs> murdered anyone yet but like I, I i don't know if i can get by that though because i i don't know if that's a realist okay look everyone handles grief differently and everything but the the way that it happens and the fact that he was responsible for it too <laughs> i think it's more so the fact that <laughs> i don't know if he would be crying in that way i'm thinking more silent manly tears here the guy's like 15 or i don't know nice. i don't know how old he is there's nothing about him that is
2: stoic or manly. Could... He's just always emotionally shut off. I don't know. He's... And then it just gets too much and he just completely loses I'm it. Because if I've learned one tears. thing about this family in the two hours I spent with
1: him, none of them can process emotions very well. Look, I'll get to that in a second. It's just, I feel like, I, I, I don't know, I have trouble buying into it. As soon as he starts doing it, it kind of takes me out of the movie to a sense. But it's not really that. It could have been a lot worse. I'll, I'll give you that one.
2: Well, an uh, alpha male Chad like yourself wouldn't have to deal with these emotions. Well, the, I only must be nice.
1: I only cry when I fail a book. Anyway, let's move on <laughs> to Charlie, uh, who we've talked about a little bit. Charlie's fucking weird. Charlie's really Charlie, fucking weird, isn't it's, she?
2: It's so goddamn terrifying. How
1: did she make it to thirteen? Look,
2: I didn't know she was gonna die in this movie, obviously. But about ten minutes in, I had the thought of like, look, someone needs to put this kid out. Because... And when the mom just casually drops line, hey, you never cry. You didn't even cry when you were delivered. It's like, okay. Well, this kid's going to be responsible for something terrible at some point. Sorry to be the one to say, it, but someone needs to snuff this kid out. I kept
1: saying, it's like, why wasn't she drowned in the bathwater? That fucking someone, thing? Why does she keep... Okay, she, I'll say this.
2: She should have struck that match. She should have struck that match. Yeah.
1: You know what? I, I will admit this. Maybe it's an autism or Asperger's thing. I I, I could totally see it, right? I'll look. And it explains why she's so hey, fucking I... weird, right?
2: If someone delivers a baby and it's just staring at me like, oh, hello, human father. <laughs> now, put it back in there. It ain't done cooking. This shit's all fucked up.
1: It just comes out talking like John Lovitz. Yeah, it's me deliver, on the ass. That's a ticket.
2: If a baby came out instead of crying just went, I'm <laughs> breaking its neck. Just, like, just... I'll serve the present time. But I'm like fucking Gregory Peck. Like, you're all welcome. I just saved y'all from the Antichrist. Tell
1: little girl, slurp it back up in you. Try it again. <laughs> all
2: right. Oh, yeah, it's still red right in the middle. You need to cook this longer, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fucked. Oh, boy. Your, your, your gumdrop factory is broken. I will
1: talk about the tongue clucking thing in a little bit.
2: Uh, anyway. But a side note she does not like when I do that in the dark. She very much hates it when I just sneak up on her and go.
1: I bet it's a hate thing and not a am scared thing. I bet it's a oh dude, you'd be you wrong, friend. Kind of, oh really? <laughs> you, oh, you would
2: be incorrect. <laughs> I'm a good person.
1: See, I I definitely again. I'll get to the tongue clicking thing. There's one more character I want to hit on. Oh please, yes, Parker. You know I went to school in Pennsylvania, right? Central Pennsylvania. Yeah, sure. Now, when you're caught in Central Pennsylvania, there you got fans of both NFL teams. There, you got like the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It. And they kind of mishmash in there. you got kind of fans of all over. Uh, Because it's right between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, basically. But there is one thing that brings all of Pennsylvanians together. Folks, we pay tribute on here to the memory of Joe Paterno, immortalized in this (laughs) film by that father. I have never seen a guy who looks more like Joe Pa than this guy. It was all I could think about for the entire episode. Man, you have just retroactively fucked this movie for I me. know. Ignore those rhythmic clucking sounds coming uh-huh. from the Stop. bathroom. Damn it! Son of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. God damn it. it. I'm on it now. The attack, I noticed beat me that in to the a first act, joke. I was just like, oh my god, he looks like a cross between Joe Paterno and my roommate. Oh my god. My roommate's really old. Uh anyway, yeah. Oh, shit. He, he is just like Joe Pine. Boy, you're right about the family not being able to process emotions. This guy is like a leading cause over here. He is my favorite character just because the only times we see him
2: it's either him just like half ass like putting a hand on his son's shoulder, like hey, stop crying wow, so much. Okay. And mm-hmm. I know your mom tried to murder you and you killed your sister, but like, you know, you gotta take that SAT prep course. <laughs> He's yeah, doing you, that got, or you just gotta sign up
1: for it. Yo, He's just doing that. My dad telling me to office. sign up for the SAT prep course did not sound did not sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait a second. Hey, I never, gotta, wait, I never you, signed up for an SAT prep course. The idea of yet? it,
2: I guess. He, you, you got to do it. You got to do that. It's either him doing that, or just sitting in his office,
1: just drinking, and looking out the window, like, oh, I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, you know, here's the thing: is one of the notes I wrote down is like, this probably goes without saying, but geez, I'm glad my family isn't like this. Cause oh like, God. look, my family has got into it before. We've had some heated, raised voice arguments in our household before, but every single time, we've come out of them stronger. You know, no, nothing has ever been taken uh, overly personal or anything like that. But that dinner scene, yeah. Oh, it's the year of
2: uncomfortable dinners. Oh, friends. I
1: think it is. I'm, I'm gonna, so. I'm gonna have to fly down to uh, to Allen, Texas, and have an uncomfortable dinner with you and the little lady. I prefer if you didn't. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs>
2: It was really fun, because like right before the movie started, a group of like nine or ten people came in and sat right in front of us, mm-hmm. and I was nervous at first, but what ended up happening is I got to hear just their uncomfortable reactions to most of this movie and just the nervous laughter and shuffling throughout the entire dinner scene was incredible. just the sound of almost a dozen people wishing they were anywhere else but listening to this argument
1: <sighs> yeah i that's the thing is i it it, it went to some weird places, you know. Yeah, like, it, they went all like, over the place.
2: Like, when it was done, and, and he just brings it back up, like, well, she didn't want to go, so why was she at the party in the first place? That and, oh, is God. such a mean she, thing to say. Fucking murder me instead. Yeah. I don't want to hear this. Uh,
1: yeah. You know It's one of the things. It adds tension. The movie's tone. I really like the movie's tone. See? She storms off, and the Dad just
2: goes yeah. back to silently eating his chicken. <laughs> He's so cool. It's like,
1: huh, I need more. You just hear just silence, and that silver scraping, yeah. like huh
2: overcooked the shit out of it oh, here. Yeah.
1: I guess I could get some S- vinegar on the salad. Stan, could you pass the potatoes? Uh, we are out of salt. <laughs>
2: okay. Huh. I guess uh, you two used up all the salt earlier. Oh, okay. That's a little joke. I'm trying.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Parker, I got a question for you. Uh, one of the things <laughs> I, I wanted to do, I have not done it yet. I'm trying to figure it out in my little hamster on a wheel brain here. I have a lot of unanswered questions here. Now, what do you think was up with the words that were written on the wall? Do you think those were parts of the incantation? I'm
2: imagining so. I, I really enjoy that this movie tells you enough. And there's not a scene that are in most, I mean, we'll say it, most Blumhouse movies, those style. Or about an hour in, someone finds a book and reads through Okay, so for the spell, you need three different generations of the family, and they all have to have their head cut off, and you have to say these words. And Like, you don't have that. You can piece together enough of what happened. You see the spooky symbol that's on her necklace everywhere. You see weird foreign Latin written everywhere, and then devil stuff happens. It assumes that you've seen a horror movie before, which I always appreciate.
1: Yeah. Now, I- I'd like to talk about the tongue clucking thing, because... <laughs> there's there's plenty to say about that now first of all I'm not really a big fan of annoying noises don't and do r- that fucking game I <laughs> do
2: <out. laughs> freak out
1: I don't even remember what that's from
2: <laughs> do not trigger me with the langoliers <laughs> on this beautiful day I'll fucking lose
1: I <laughs> just remember that guy just <laughs> staring with his mouth <laughs> and game just going uh, uh, oh <laughs> god so, uh, what time works are you for dinner? I'm thinking 7 o'clock, maybe? This is Please obviously central it. time. but <laughs> Please stop doing this. <laughs> oh, I didn't need those notes for work, anyway. Um no, you're fine. So, the thing going on here uh, with the tongue clucking is, as soon as it starts, I'm like, oh, that's going to be their annoying noise throughout the movie, isn't it? And, indeed, I was correct. See, I, I understand what they were trying to do, or what another movie would have tried to have done with this. See, the idea here is every single time you hear which is an ordinary, everyday noise... Not everyday. If you hear that every day, like, what the hell, i kill myself. Uh, you, you think, oh, you're going to hear that, and when you hear it in real life, you'll be scared. This is something that effective horror movies can do. Think think of uh, Halloween. You see a silhouette, you don't know what it is, you look away, and it's not there anymore. Now you're thinking of Halloween, now you're scared. Uh, same thing with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. You, you have a nightmare, you think, oh, Fr- Freddy Krueger, you, you're having a nightmare, you know? That sort of thing. You go to a campsite, you're thinking of... Uh, Camp Blood, or whatever, you know? I'm not going to say Friday the 13th, fuck you. Uh, but, you know, for this, I guess the tongue-clicking thing, that would work, and you know, you're going to have friends, they're going to do the thing to each other after the movie. But the way the movie treats it is kind of different, because, like, everyone else reacts to it by jumping in the movie. But they jump in the movie as they react to it, along with the audience, and they do that for a reason. It's kind of like, we can, we can kind of identify more with this character as it goes on, but by the seventh time, I hear that fucking... Now, I'm inoculated to it. So are the characters. Peter's just lying in his bed, minding his own business, trying to dream of that girl ahead of him in algebra class, and he hears that cluck, and he's just like, you know what? Another day, another cluck. What's going on, guys? You know, he looks up. Nothing happened the last eight His sister's just floating there. Her, Her head falls off like a basketball. He's just like, yeah, you know what? All right and by the end of the movie he starts he just goes he's just staring straight ahead and does that cluck while the music plays and everything by that point i'm just like yeah you know what? fine cluck, whatever it doesn't it doesn't do anything to me i still hate it It's still a stupid childish thing to do and like girl was still really weird but it's like i think the movie did that on purpose and for that i think the movie is a work of genius i mean you know it's kind of like just learning to deal with shit going on
2: in your brain it's horrifying at first but you know you kind of used to it at times and then other times you don't get used to it, like when the head falls off and rolls towards you. <laughs> that would, that'll fuck your whole life up right there. Yeah, guys, it's really smart that they decided a sound that literally anyone can do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's just gonna get replicated forever,
1: as it should. Actually, wait, I think I think maybe I saw it with a a friend from work. And he sat directly in front of me. We had no idea the other person was going to be there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we, we both uh, were kind of film buffs. And uh, he, he liked it, I think, a little bit more than I did. But uh, I think he said he, he can't do the noise. What is wrong with I don't him? know. Maybe his tongue doesn't work. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, he's, he's a good guy. Though. He's a good guy. Um, anyway, I, I want to talk about some of the scares in this movie. The very first scare in the movie was not that bird hitting the window. Which is yeah. a, a it's kind of a cheapo jump scare. Just I don't know. I, it's it, it's barely a scare. That was a psychological thriller moment. Uh, the the one. Fuck that, you. <laughs>
2: jump psychological. <laughs> Fuck
1: you. A jump psychological thrill. I could just there we go. Take off the arc.
2: I uh, really hope I don't hear that every episode for oh the rest my God, of my God, life. That's gonna come.
1: I can't believe I thought of the uh, tearing of the paper thing. Uh, that was improvised, buddy. Uh, it's actually the first scare is seeing the grandmother in the shadows.
2: I'm very happy you. He broke that this was up. such a something... good scene. Cause, okay, you did not see the trailer, correct? That's correct. So we went with a group of four of us. A couple of people from work joined us. All your friends. We'd all seen the trailer, so we had a slight idea of what we're getting into. Because mm-hmm. we made the one of the friends watch it. Because she's flat told us, like, I cannot do supernatural horror. I don't deal with ghosts and shit. We're like, all right, cool. Watch this. No signs of ghosts in that trailer. So about 15 minutes into the movie, between us and the group in front of us, you hear the collective sound of a dozen people going, you didn't tell me there were ghosts in this fucking movie. (laughs) Just that whole air being let out like, oh shit, oh no, y'all didn't tell me this was going to be haunted. And I just looked over at her and she looked quite shook
1: now we she
2: She did not enjoy the last 20 minutes of this movie parker
1: we have to talk about this this will be a slight disagreement for us but uh you said that the movie works uh up to a certain point i suppose uh when you can consider that maybe a lot of this is not supernatural personally i have to disagree i think that the entire movie is supernatural as soon as they get to the first seance and that that glass starts moving no 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 This, no, I can't, I cannot possibly say, oh, maybe it was a trick of the light, all smoke and mirrors. No, 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 no. This, there is some shit going down. Something fucky is going on here.
2: (laughs) It's like The Shining where a large chunk of it, you can say, is in the head. But, you know, obviously in The Shining, like, someone had to let him out of that freezer. It's the same thing. Like, at the end of the day, it's most definitely ghosts and demons and stuff. But I like that a lot of it can be left up to your imagination. Don't get me wrong, I'll always prefer to be ghosts because... I'm me. I will always want it to be something haunted. But I like that you can have that conversation with yourself. Like, well, she's not the most reliable narrator I've ever met. And also her entire family
1: is insane. So, you know. I Okay, I guess I can see it from that perspective. You know what else I really liked about this movie is the portrayal of teenagers. Uh, is This is a very <laughs> realistic portrayal of teenagers. And you know what made me think about that is the texting. Because texting is so often movies and TV shows. People don't know how people text, you know? It's just going to. They use all these weird ass abbreviations that no one uses. Uh, But in this, just seeing the message, uh, yo, there's a party at. Yo, big news, party at Mark's, bring your dick. That. (laughs) Thank you. That is how we text. This is what. I'm not a teenager, but I have the mind of a teenager, and that's how we text.
2: (laughs) The shot after. He kills his sister. Which, by the way, why is he going back to school like immediately after decapitating his sister?
1: I, I'd like to think some time passes and they just didn't show. <laughs> like, I like just him under the
2: bleachers with his friends, just rambling about the most inane, inconspicuous bullshit, and he's just staring at that thousand-yard stare. <laughs> like, yeah, what does he call her? Wow, well, I- <laughs> he calls just her princess. T- talking about their friend who's not there what he refers to his girlfriend as in his facebook statuses as he's just sitting there in total shock I, you know again i
1: think that's realistic it's so good so, <laughs> so like
2: he is going through the worst point of his entire life it could not possibly ever get worse and they could not be less interested we, but, we can't yeah, help we
1: have to roast damien yeah <laughs> Now, talking about how he Uh, deals with it, I think that's an interesting subject. So, he's driving along, she sticks her head out the window to get more air. I don't know if that would work, I'm not a physicist here. But uh, then she gets decapitated by a telephone pole. That is possible. I haven't seen it happen, but uh, I'm planning to go the same way myself. Anyway, so uh, (laughs) after that, he just kind of like, I think he's in shock, he just sort of drives his way home, and I think the movie might lose some people there, but it most certainly did not lose me there, because... That was such a whole weird area. That was like, boy, I really cannot possibly put myself into his shoes here. I do not know how I would react. I, I mean, what do you even do? Call yeah, the police? He and say, there. hey, I was high while driving. And now my sister's dead. I'm going to spend the rest of my life behind bars. Do you go home and wake up your mom and say, hey, uh, I just killed Charlie? You know, you know. What, what do you do? Just she sits
2: there for so long, just trying to process it. It made me so uncomfortable. When his eyes just kept slowly raising up to look in the back seat, oh my god, oh, it's white knuckling that seat real hard. Oh, I, I don't
1: think I saw that because the entire time I was writing, the first thing I wrote was, "Whoa!" Did not expect the dar to get off that, by the telephone pole so early that I immediately wrote, "No way, is she did. She's on the poster." And then I saw her head just sitting there, covered with maggots. I was that like, cut "Oh, to her she's her severed actually, head." While she's the
2: mom dead, yeah. scream, crying. Yeah. Oh. My God. Yeah,
1: so I, I kind of thought they walk by uh, that the grandmother's room with a locked door, and it holds on the door for like an extra second. I was like, oh, the grandma's going to be really mad that they killed Charlie and that she's going to come back to haunt them. Turns out she's uh, <laughs> she's got a bit of a, a bigger plan going on here, you know? So the movie's... Is... Oh, sorry. So, I think you had something more productive to say than I did.
2: <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say, like, this movie, I desperately want to see it again, but I also don't want to see it again because it's very unpleasant. It's also kind of long, like, too. I will say that. There aren't many movies where I sit through it, It the credits roll, and I immediately think, I want to watch this immediately with the commentary and hear everything that I missed. Oh,
1: yeah, totally. If I could get, like, an explainer, like, a walkthrough, it's like, this is this and this is this, I would not mind that.
2: Because, like, remember, like, oh, yeah, that weird symbol that's on the grandma's necklace was etched into that giant pole that her face slammed into all these little details that I would sure love like the little drawing of the pigeon wearing a crown (laughs) knowing that there's a crown that it's very important at the
1: end of the movie. Yeah, the Burger King Kids Club crown that he gets to wear is really awesome. So, the thing about uh, the movie is it's all, it all has this tone, and it's all about guilt and grief. And normally that's just a theme, but no, no, no. I think it's like kind of a tone here, because it affects every single character in the movie. You know, and speaking of someone who's gone through a lot of both of those, I think the movie does a pretty damn good job of it.
2: Oh, absolutely. You. It's just, God, it is... I get why the cinema score is like a D, D plus. D+. It is not a pleasant movie. People hear, oh, a horror movie. It's going to be like The Conjuring. No, you're just going to feel horrible for like two straight hours. And it's going to keep amping up. Just this slow, grinding tension until the very end. And then it gets so fucking scary. And that lasts 20 minutes.
1: Oh, boy. Last 20 minutes. Okay, oh the the 10 minutes before the last 10 minutes. Because the last 10 minutes, to me, got a little bit goofy down. I'll get to that in a bit.
2: Okay, now, I will I will agree with you. I did not like the very last scene of, like, well, here's what happened, folks, at home. You see the ghost of Charlie that had the the demon guy in it is now inside of you, and now you're the demon guy, and we're your worshippers. Like, I got it. Yeah. Thank
1: you. The, I, mean, the, I, the, I mean, there's all that. But, like, I mean, what I really think about is... Uh, Parker, I can't believe I I have to do it to you. Uh, (laughs) I've been too kind to you to unleash this. But, uh, so, the mother is an artist. And uh, she creates miniatures of houses. And first of all, she's damn good at her job. Like, those are really cool. And she goes into all this detail and stuff like that. And looking at all, like, the the rooms and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the classroom. That classroom reminds me of one of the classrooms from Silent Hill. And, like, that big... Like, that thing they got in, like, their front, like, entranceway. It's like all the houses stacked on top of each other. That's cool as fuck. But... Oh, yeah. Parker, the entire time I watched it, I kept thinking about... Oh, no. A group of little old ladies who go on spring break... Down south, and uh, they bring their large adult son with them. And... Damn it. (laughs) Parker, the episode Escape from Party Beach for King of the Hill is one of my all-time favorites. I hate you so much. (laughs) The entire time I'm hearing, like, the little psychotic music as Hank Hill's mother is just picking up that little unicorn. That little porcelain unicorn. (laughs) Hank Hill's
2: mom just... Picking up the decapitated sister.
1: <laughs> all I can think about for the final scene, they're all in the the treehouse, which I'm going to start calling Sonic's nude room. And uh, You don't have to do that. And they're all just bowing there. I'm seeing that nude male ass. I'm just picturing that guy in the armadillo outfit going up and just spraying them all with a super soaker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Could you imagine being in a treehouse in Cotton Hill with no shins and just lumbering after you completely nude? <laughs> Jesus.
1: I'm the eighth king of hell. <laughs>
2: God is dead. Hell Satan. Give me another beer. <laughs> I do love that the dad was supportive like the entire movie until he walks in and sees her recreating her daughter's death. He's like, Dinner's ready, I don't give a fuck. He just slams the door. He's so He's like, I've had enough of her. this.
1: I've, i that's, okay, you know what? Moving to Indy. Can't, I can't stand I, it? Can't stand
2: it. And I, I do love so. We're just gonna jump around a lot. Yeah. Because oh, we, I, I we're off structure in yeah, my brain. Yeah, exactly. So near the end of the movie, when the mom is just losing her shit like hardcore, and she explores the attic, which immediately immediately made me just mutter "fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck <laughs> you" because I've seen a horror movie. Yeah. And she finds the body up there, and there's all the flies, and it's gross. And she convinces him to go up there. First of all, I love that he's just like, "Fine, I'll go." And then he opens it, and there's flies, and he's like. Swear to fucking God if there's a body up there. In most horror movies, they do things like, there's nothing up here. You're crazy. What are you talking about? But you just hear him shriek from the other room. Just hear him go, ah!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, what the fuck? (laughs) I love it so much.
2: Because, like, how many times have you seen a movie go, there's nothing up there. You're just crazy. But now he just finds a deacon... Fucking beheaded
1: I have to there. admit, I I thought that he was going to go up there and say I didn't see anything, or, or something like that. It was another you know like uh, you know, trying to like uh, you know trick us or something like that. I I, I don't know. I, I think if they had done that, I wouldn't have bought it. I'm like, oh come on now, just That'd do something. Very wrong. disappointing. I will say, total left hand turn from a right hand lane when she convinces him to, or she grabs the book and throws it into the fireplace and he gets lit on fire. <laughs> yeah, I did not see that one coming.
2: So fucking good.
1: How did they do that?
2: I mean, you know, to be fair, it goes into her stories before she <clears throat> she has
1: slept walk before and doused someone in gasoline. Like, wouldn't be the first time. That's a good point. And uh, her reaction afterwards. First of all, the shot of her face, very, very Carrie-esque. Oh, and the second so thing perfect. is, like, her face is just like, you know, what? okay, yeah, all right. There's no way I'm getting out of this one alive or with my sanity. Like,
2: she is 100%, like, in that scene, doing such a Jack Torrance of, like, just, she is over the deep end entirely. Mm-hmm. Just her facial expressions as she's pointing to the book, like, no, look here, you see? And then she knew my mom. I didn't know her, but then we did the seance. Like, you can 100% go, oh no, there's no ghost. She has just snapped from these two losses. Like, she, her head is completely broken. Now, let's. Of course, I want there to be ghosts <laughs> because look at me.
1: Well. I'll get to the seance in a second, but first I want to talk about thank you for that retweet of uh, <laughs> of Hereditary it's just that gif of Emilio Estevez from Breakfast Club. With the Hood. <laughs> that's that's good. That's a real good one. That sound effect is yeah. oh. very upsetting. <laughs> yeah, it is. However, the, the seance. First of all, I prefer the seance from Drag Me to Hell. That's a good-ass movie. <laughs> it's, to me, that that whole thing is like, if they had had that demon come out there and start dancing around while chanting cheese pizza, oh. Better movie already. However, I will say this Trying that seance scene, as soon as, because the seance scene is really the where it's indicative, it's like, yeah, this is going to be supernatural. The entire time, nothing is in the character's heads. All right. This is actually happening. Or at least that's my perspective. The entire time, I'm thinking, why is she having a seance? And you say, oh, to, you know, contact your daughter again. Why would you want to talk to her? She's not exactly a great conversationalist. She was really fucking weird. <laughs> I, I want less of that girl in my life. I just love that the sun wakes up to an
2: inch away from your face. Like, no, I figured out downstairs. I figured out how to do it. I did it. I didn't
1: write that down. That was the weirdest fucking thing
2: I've ever seen. Because you realize in that moment, it's just a drop line of like, oh, she was downstairs doing it already. She's already done one by herself. And now she knows it works and that she's waking everyone up. Yeah,
1: you know, here's the thing like, that whole shot of her an inch from his face. The, my first reaction would have been "Get the fuck out my face,
2: mom!" Especially because, like, not even five minutes ago, we already had her having a dream
1: about. Being, God, that dream! Oh, that
2: answer. was. Let's, telling him that she didn't want him and she tried to abort him. That that dream sequence
1: was my favorite scene in the movie. Oh, it's so good! It, this movie's so. so she wakes ass. up. There's ants all over her. First of all, not a realistic reaction. I would have been like, "What the fuck?" Just you know, start like shut him off. She follows the ants to his room, and he's covered in ants. The look on her face. That's what sells the scene. Not just like, oh, Ansel over his face, fine, whatever. The look on her face is just sheer horror, and she's building up, and you you can feel a shriek coming, but it never comes, and he just interrupts her, and the music cuts off. That is great. And then it cuts to, oh, it was a dream within well, a dream, and she it's the paint thinner dream again. I Look, dude, so this, good. this is... Because really- you know
2: she probably has that dream like at least once a week. Yeah, probably. You know that is deep, deep buried in there because it is, you know, it is the crux of why her family is so broken because her kids don't trust her.
1: Why would they? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I gotta t- hang on a second. I'm uh, looking for something else here. The mother, despite going through grief and despite the the gallery calling every thirty seconds to tell her hey, you want to delay it or whatever, she's a very you talk about the real artist. horror
2: Like, hey, so is that project coming along well? Yeah. Is sorry about your dead
1: up? daughter. How about you work harder for us? And, uh, you know, of
2: course. Like, if there's anything we can do, I yeah, mean, we can delay uh, the entire thing. Prayers, it'd just be a huge we inconvenience can, to we us. delay it. You know, it'd be fine. But how's that project coming along? Are we we uh, almost done? i was
1: wondering. Could you finish up that blog post about the Goosebumps episode? Or anyway,
2: (laughs) I'm so sorry for your loss. I mean, I can't even imagine the pain of losing a child. I mean, it was called Haunted Mask Part One. That implies a Part Two. So you could just
1: (laughs) get your shit together oh man so Look, parker
2: it's not my fault i wrote that entire post and all the jokes are about school shootings and then there were like
1: eight school shootings yeah we gotta be careful <laughs> gotta kinda gotta start that one from scratch <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> maybe, maybe you should do maybe you should do one of welcome to dead house i don't know uh, oh, yeah. the one that gets me here uh so parker do you remember one of the visual effects that they did in the school it was like a. I don't know how to describe it. I'm going to use the word Shimmer Shine. It was like, you could feel it was almost like an outline of the hallway. It just goes, and it kind of of passes over him. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So that reminds me of the Mr. Pib first person shooter video game. (laughs) What the fuck? I have (laughs) the most incredible brain worms.
2: (laughs) What the fuck did you just say to me?
1: Have you ever played the Mr. Pib video game? No. Okay, uh, so have you ever played what? Chex Quest? Am I, <laughs> am, am I dreaming?
2: <laughs> <laughs> am I about to see a line of ants? <laughs> 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 okay,
1: so someone took the Doom engine and they made it into a first-person oh, shooter well. for... You should have let one. I'm that. sorry. That. They let
2: it. Uh, I just worked backwards and found the answer to my question. There you go.
1: And someone made a into Chex Quest, This is a checks first person shooter. I think someone saw that and they made it a, a Mr. Pibb video game where you go around shoot, uh, shooting zombies with burps. And my brother used to <laughs> play it a lot. And the burps look just like the shine. So as he's walking through the hallways, like half haunted and half not, you just see that Shivershine go through it. And the entire time I was just saying, <laughs> <As he laughs> Oh, my God. It takes place in a school, too. Exactly. Yeah, I looked it up. Oh. Taco
2: Bell Tasty Temple Challenge. Hey, buddy. What the fuck? Looks like our uh, <laughs> our Let's Play series is about to start.
1: Oh, man. I'm going to have to do that. I'm crunch wrap so bad right now. Oh, God. I'm so fucking hungry. Dude, me too. I haven't eaten anything on That's besides the point. i have to get some breads. Um, yeah, can we just say... talk
2: about Sorry, how fucking great the framing is? How there's at least, oh, yeah. like, 15 scenes where someone leaves their room and you just see that long dark shot of that hallway and your butthole tenses up every single time Mm -hmm.
1: i uh yeah i I will say that it's like it's all about the framing and here's a good here's a good example of framing two good examples for the price of one so uh he wakes up for about the third time in the middle of the night by that point i'm starting to think to myself you know i wouldn't be in that bed I would be halfway across the country right now. I don't care if I'm 15 years old. I'll go drifting. I'm I'm not going to be in this house anymore. This house is kind of fucked up. Um, And he is silent, and you can see the mom sort of, like, swim through the air, you know, through his room. Like, that's about one of those times you're just like, what the fuck? No, that's a good example, right? that's a really good example of the fact that this is it's a theater movie yeah sure but it's not one where you need the theater ex- experience of a whole lot of people because i don't need people being like oh she's right behind you look out oh it's a ghost i don't need that the movie is fine enough of just being contemplative you know
2: absolutely but i will say having the entire row ahead of us because this movie uses negative space very very well mm-hmm. near the end we're it's like, it feels like it takes 20 minutes for him to get out of his bed, Yeah. and you're just digging your nails into your seat, and she just goes crawling by on all fours, just hearing 10 people go, oh, just that exasperated, oh. like, fuck, <laughs> we're in it now, we're in for it now, Oh, boy. that's it's good, it actually fantastic. sounds like a pretty good experience, I'll tell you that. It was, I was so nervous at first, because they talked through all the trailers, but God bless, all they did was just sigh and just go, oh, fuck. <laughs> there were a couple of moments where, like, someone started to happen, he was here, nah. Nah, no, I'm not doing
1: this. There's, there's a moment where he's downstairs in the living room, which doesn't seem like a lot of fun because he just saw his decapitated father. And oh is, you can see in the background, she's up in the rafters or whatever. And I wrote down, how the dickens did she get up there? And then he turns around, he sees her, he dodges out of the way. And who else does he see? A large nude son in the doorway. And I wrote down explicitly, who is that guy and why can I see his dick?
2: <laughs> there's a lot of hanging dong at the end of this movie oh yeah
1: and then he goes up to uh the attic uh, sonic's other nude room and he can see first of all you can see those three guys in the background who are also nude hey like you can see them in the back i wrote down i can see those fucking people I don't even try to try this on me i can see the nude crew but uh you you can't like try to hide that on me but you know what else i thought of i the brain worms are just too powerful here you ever read america the book Oh, long, long time ago. Oh, do you remember that page where it had all the Supreme Court justices and they were all nude and he had to put their uh, their robes on them? So I can see Stephen Breyer's dick in this movie. That's where they got him. <laughs> Look, all I know is you talk
2: about the crowd experience, just the never-ending shot of her hacking her own head off, and then the music cutting out and the cameras panning down to those three nude people. Just that collective, oh, <laughs> yeah, just, just a shudder. Among a dozen people. Mm.
1: Now, we're left with a Wonderful. lot of uh, influences here. We can obviously see Rosemary's Baby. That ending is pure Rosemary's Baby. I can oh, yeah. see a bit of uh, The Haunting, Carrie. Very uh, much. I would assume that Don't Look Now is a strong influence here. Yeah.
2: I think he name dropped that one specifically. Yes, he, too, he on top did. Of yeah, he, baby. yeah, he definitely
1: did that one. Now, one of the ones here that I I haven't mentioned, but I definitely feel very strongly about, and I think its ending is a little bit better than this, although that's definitely open for debate, is the witch.
2: Oh, it's very much the witch. I mean, look, if a twenty four puts out a horror movie at this point, I'm seeing it. Yeah, that's what I've learned from these last
1: couple years. Mm-hmm. See, the witch's ending was very much one of those, are they going to do anything with this? Because I kept wondering whether they are going to do anything. And the fact that they did that, I thought it was very very interesting. I I like the ending of the witch. I thought it was, again, I don't do great with supernatural stuff as in, supernatural stuff doesn't scare me as much as normal every single day stuff. Once it gets supernatural, I I, I don't know, it kind of loses me a bit, except in Tales of uh, Tales from the Crypt. I think it's a little bit better when they do supernatural stuff instead of oh, I got killed, here's another killer
2: sort of thing. I don't know, I think it's a Um, little Back cool. from the dead, and I'm gonna get revenge on my whore wife yeah, again.
1: Uh, you know, that's that's the thing about this is once I get to the ending of Hereditary, I have to admit it kind of loses me in particular, but I think it gains most audiences in general. I don't like the whole. He goes into his own. It, it's like the treehouse Room Dexter's Laboratory. You know, everyone's <laughs> gathered up in there having a great time. <laughs> that dead dog is stuck yeah. like the flare, going feed oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot wrong with me Parker I'm sorry uh, but they're all there bowing down they got the most ridiculous sort of thing he's one of the 8th gods of hell or something like that I, I don't know I have a little bit of difficulty buying into that sort of thing like okay he's uh, one of the kings of hell right now what now what's he gonna do well
2: what I compare it to I maybe think a lot of the conjuring I really like two thirds of the conjuring it is a very spooky movie every jump scare is like elaborately set up and pays off and then in the end it just turns into an exorcism movie and then they exorcise the demon and the good guys win and the family lives happily ever after. It's very much like audiences will like this and they did and audiences liked it a lot and then they made a sequel and that made a ton of movie and now they're making a bunch of spinoffs. I that it tends to this bleak like Rosemary's Baby ending like you said like nah, it's fucked. See ya. Thanks for coming, dickhead.
1: Yeah, I, I think that is kind of the thing. I mean, I mean maybe? I, mean, I guess if you could go with, like...
2: this kind of movie, it feels like it would just be a cop-out for everything to end happily. Like, that's the whole point. Like, this horrible grief and shit just passes down, and you just gotta live with it. It just... It poisons... That sounds mean to say it poisons your whole family. But you know what I mean. Yeah, That sounded... A lot more cold blooded than I intended. I,
1: I, I don't know if that's you know I, I, I don't know. I mean, let's let's go easy on him, you know. But uh you know, the whole time I'm thinking about this, the guy becomes one of the kings of hell. He's one of the very few members of his family left alive after this whole ordeal, and you know what? He still didn't get laid. What are we watching next week? <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is how the incel uprising begins <laughs> he's one of the
1: kings of incel oh <laughs> uh, there's something wrong with me there's a there's a couple things wrong with me what episode is this like 49 i think something like
2: that hey do you want to do con air
1: oh hell yeah
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> it's episode 50 it's a landmark.
1: oh yes okay okay <laughs> All right, Uh, all right, okay. All right, all right. Next episode is uh, Con Air. I am seriously so happy. My most watched movie of all time, somehow. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. Oh, I'm so happy for you. You have no idea the amount of notes I can take on this. I've got a million things to say.
2: I've got, I had a million things to say, like, four years ago. I know,
1: I remember uh, reading I, your piece I can't and saying, ima- oh, but you didn't write, I hate it when people do that. I hate it when people say, <laughs> oh, but you didn't comment on this, and, like, I. you know what, how about you let me do this, turkey, all
2: right? I can't imagine any of that thing holds up. I'm just going to not reread it and go in blind. You know, you're a much better
1: reader uh, writer than you give yourself credit for. <laughs>
2: Don't give myself credit for most things, Frank. Yeah, well...
1: <laughs> You're you're a very, very good writer, it's probably very good. And I might reread it to like remind myself of some of your takes. I'm so excited. Fucking Dave Chappelle's in that movie. <laughs> you better believe he's in that movie. He's not the only one. Danny Treo shows up like, hey, I rape a bunch of girls. Like, oh, this is so quirky. It also has two characters from Twin Peaks.
2: Oh my goodness. Yeah, they're uh, they're the so ones who
1: are driving the car and Pinball's body falls on it. No fucking way. Yeah, that's them. God. It's uh the major and his wife. No. Yeah.
2: Well, Tarnation! I never seen Negroes fall from the sky before. Not here in Twin Peaks. <laughs> What's what,
1: Bobby Son? I've been looking at our car, and I think you need to take some responsibility for the black man, <laughs> man who fell on the hood. <laughs> He's just sitting there
2: crying. I love you, too, Dad.
1: <laughs> I was sitting on the veranda. I was thinking about uh, a movie with John Malkovich.
2: And then I got uh, taken by aliens or something. <laughs> I don't know. We kind of dropped that point.
1: Uh, yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. It. it comes back in the final episode. It's really good.
2: Then there's owls or some shit. I don't understand all this malarkey. Cooper. All right. See you Cooper. again in four episodes. Cooper. Cooper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Have that on repeat instead of a final song.
0: Than the mud, it's a family affair. It's a family affair. It's a family affair. It's a family affair. Out. Hey, nobody wants to blow. Nobody wants to be left out. Uh-huh. You can't leave because your heart is there. But you you can't stay because you've been somewhere else. You can't cry because you look broke down. But you're crying anyway because you're all broke down. It's a family affair family. Okay.